BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we are going to talk about, I don't know, we're going to get into communication styles, talking to your customer, creating a voice that connects with your your customer or client base. Um, and, you know, it, it we've got some feedback recently about some of the work that we, that we did that what we providing wasn't really resonating with the group. Did you that, just say what we providing? What we were providing, excuse oh. me. What we were providing wasn't really resonating with the group. And why wasn't it resonating? Because we were we were getting too detailed. We were too smart. <laughs> we were too smart. We were getting too detailed about topics that they really needed the high level, the overview, the intro, the 101 course, and we were in We were giving them the 500 level. Exactly. Yeah. Um, We were giving them graduate school information when they needed the freshman level or maybe even high school AP. That's technically a college class. I I I I understand that. So that's not really freshman AP. Well, freshman AP. In my mind, the intro class is like the, the, well, again, different college experience, but it's the the 500 person auditorium where it doesn't really matter if you show up or not. And they're like, this is just the high level bullshit. We're going to get it out of the way. Right. I still feel like that's more a little bit more specific than what you get as a junior or senior in high school. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately we didn't get that feedback until after we were done working with, them. yes, a year later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we went a year. So, you know, couple, it was couple, only once a month. Right. So a couple of things here. First thing being when you have the opportunity to provide somebody feedback, provide them feedback because it can not only help their business, but it can help you, right? So 12 months of doing these sessions for this group and we could have helped them so much more had we gotten the feedback earlier, but we didn't really ask for feedback. So shame on us, even though we are very, usually pretty good about asking for it, we didn't ask. So I think we just assumed that given who the audience was, they would tell us and they didn't. So that's that's a good lesson for us is that you have to ask for feedback and, and then do something with it. And if you're spending time and money on something that's really like designed and catered for you, you shouldn't have a problem raising your hand and saying, hey, hey, hey let's let's change this. And we got a little bit of feedback um, early on in in the year and <laughs> when we were making fun of well we got that but <laughs> um but we also got the feedback that it was that, that we could kind of do our own thing that we didn't kind mm-hmm. of we didn't have to stick to the script and uh the, the so we did get that but at a point like I, I don't know if it was the people in the room or if it was uh the, the way our approach or it, it anything really but at some point I don't know why, like, I mean, are, were, were they afraid to raise their hand to say, hey, can you, can you slow down? Can you just 
Let's well, just cancel the rest of what you're talking about and focus on this one thing. Or- yeah, I. but that can be really intimidating for people, right, to admit. And we see this all the time. We talk about this um, for entrepreneurs. There is this perception, entrepreneurs, business owners, that everyone is ahead of you. Everyone knows everything. And when you are confused about something, then it's because you're slow or you're not as advanced. And so it can be a little bit intimidating. And that's what social media has done to our society, right? It's made it so that everybody posts their highlight reels. And there are all these people who think everyone else is doing better than me. Like other people are opening a business and 30 days later, they're really successful. And it's taking me two, three, four years to really get my stride. And you don't really want to share it because you feel like you're alone. And that is simply not the case. So when you are in a room full of your peers and you don't understand something, it's probably a little bit like being back in high school. You don't want to raise your hand and say, I don't get it. It's like, it's like asking what an Icho is instead of an echo. Exactly. (laughs) And, but they always say, and I would say that this is probably true. Who are they? They, the, the, the experts, the leaders, we say this, like if you have, if you have a question in your mind, there's a good chance more than one person in that mm-hmm. group also has that question. And it's okay to just, it's okay to admit that you're not an expert on something. So for us, we're business experts and we can talk in depth about a lot of things. But Julie and I were having a conversation earlier today and I gave the example of when you're talking to a mechanic, like if I walked down the street to the local mechanic and started talking business, he or she might look at me and like I'm, speaking a different language, the same way if they got into the chemical reaction that occurs in a catalytic converter, be like, no, I want to, let's talk about changing. Like let's a, talk about your muffler. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about like how to change a spare tire first. And then we'll get into the, the intricacies of the yeah. chemistry. Yeah. Okay. So that's a really good point. So let's talk about the, so let's talk about the topic we were going for, which is, you know, finding your voice, communicating with your ideal customer, your audience and, like, why is that important? The communication to your customer, like yeah, in your voice? in your voice. Why is that important? At well, the most basic level, why is that important? Well, um, it's important to have it in your voice, obviously, so that it's personal, it's it's um, true to you, your culture, etc. But you need to, uh, like, the voice is different from the message. So... Because the the message is like the, the the like the details. Like if I were to let's compare it to you're going to the store to buy a ready to eat meal, right? The the voice the my voice is the actual meal. It's the thing that you're going to consume. Where the message is all of like like is it is it healthy or is it not healthy? And then you can dive into the ingredient list, like everything that goes into it like all of those other things. So I want to make sure that I can connect with my customers in a way that that makes sense to them, that hits them the way that I want it to hit. But then what I'm presenting to them, what I'm communicating is a little bit different. And that's where I, I can talk at a very high level about business or I can talk in great depth. My voice is going to stay the same. The message is going to be different. I don't know if my food analogy worked there, but... Um, I'm hungry right now. It it kind of worked. Um, a I think you went a little bit broader than a little bit deeper than I was even looking for. Well, then what's your answer? Uh, I think 
for me, why is it important to speak to your customers in your voice? One, you want to be authentic, which you captured. And two, you want your customers, your ideal customers to know you're talking to them, right? Versus is, you know, we often hear people say, well, everybody's my customer. That is not true. So I, knowing who your customer is and what words and language they use is important. And then you, you, you're using that same language. So you're talking to somebody, obviously you want to be authentic, but you are talking to them the way that they want to be communicated with more than you're talking to them in words that you use. Sure. And that also goes for the method in which you communicate, whether it's words, it's audio, it's video, yeah. it's a, an image, a meme, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was really great. And I know we didn't get very detailed into it, but um, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back on the other side, we've got a guest that we'll bring on. So we will see you in a few. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. All right, and welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got Dr. Mindy Gewertz on the show. She is the president of Collaborative Networks, which is a leadership and coaching and consulting firm. And she is the author of Conversation Secrets for Tomorrow's Leaders, 21 Obvious Secrets Leaders Do Not Use Enough. How are you doing today, Mindy? Um, terrific. Thank you for asking. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. We are hopefully going to learn about leadership today. We uh um, we had a conversation a couple months ago with a previous guest about leadership and Ooh, we kind of, we got into a we little got bit of a it. debate and I think that it would be fun to kind of revisit that a little bit today. Let's do it. All right. Do you want to, you want to premise it? Yeah. All right. Yes, I do. I totally forgot about this conversation, so I'm going to wing it a little bit here, but sure. basically there was a study that was done recently that listed the top five skills of leaders that leaders needed to have the top five attributes that leaders needed to have. And Corey and I strongly disagreed with, I think three out of the five attributes that showed up. And so I am curious if you could just give us, you know, what do you think are the top, you know, you know, top three attributes that leaders need to have in order to be really successful leaders? Well, it's very interesting because emotional intelligence is usually one that shows up and one that is showing up much more now than in the past is adaptability. And the reason that adaptability is showing up now more than ever is because leaders have to be able to deal with uncertainty, with VUCA. And VUCA has been around a long time. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So those are the things that are in our uh, lexicon now. And it's actually started by the military in a long time, like two decades already. 
but we are seeing it in stark, really stark. And so kind of um, amplified tremendously and even more so accelerated right now with the pandemic. So we need to have a leader who has empathy, who can really have that. And it didn't show up. Empathy never showed up. That was kind of a soft skill. Okay, emotional intelligence, because you have to influence others. That always showed up. And you have to have trust, because without trust, especially in these times, a leader has very little foundation to stand on with people. So for me, the top are adaptability, that trust and emotional intelligence. Now, trust, which is very interesting, I'll give you an equation for trust, is credibility times reliability. So credibility, meaning that you have just the natural skills a leader has to have in terms of not only the intelligence, but also the know-how and so on. The reliability, meaning you do what you say you're going to do. Intimacy, which is really about relationships, divided by self-interest. Now, that's interesting. And especially today, that means the more you're about yourself, the less we're going to trust you. So I want to... I'm going to stop you right there. The, the adaptability, I completely agree with. You said that, and because and Julie smiled over there because she's like the one that showed up that, and I knew where like where Julie's mind was going. But I 100% agree that adaptability is extremely important, and not only being able to adapt, but being um, being able to do it in a way that's not stressful. Because there's, uh, and again, in my background, the ability to just kind of roll with the punches and make things work. That's one of, one of my good skills is like, I call it shooting from the hip, just being able to, to figure out how to fix the situation in that moment, the best that you can and go from there. But I know that Julie was about to laugh over there because you, you did touch on the one, the empathy, I yeah. think is that's the, the, when you called it, it was a soft skill. And I think it's a soft leadership style personally. I, yeah. So I was really, that's where I thought you were going to go when you said adaptability, when you said the one that's showing up more and more adaptability makes sense, especially what's happened over the last, you know, two years, but, um, empathy and compassion and kindness are skills that are showing up. And I think that that is just a another way to water down and actually, and I'm going to, listeners, I know you're going to get anger at me for saying this, but I hold a strong opinion on it. I, f- I feel like these are other ways to as demask, de- emasculate, emasculate the, our, our society as a whole, like you leaders need to be strong and yes, should they have, I agree on the emotional intelligence, but I do not think that, you know, empathy and compassion are top skills of a good leader. I think those are, I I think those are skills of somebody who is building weak people to follow them. I, do we need empathy and compassion? Yes. Do I need it as one of the top skills in a leader? Absolutely not. That's very interesting. And that, frankly, is what has been de jour for decades. 
how we thought of leaders, that the leader who had empathy, the leader who had or showed compassion anyway, was really weak. And that as a leader, and I'll give you an example, because I do a lot of consulting in the C-suite. And I'll quote a leader who said to me, go work. I didn't know if you were tough enough. <laughs> because he knew that. So I was the only woman in this whole team doing the consulting. And he was worried that I would get eaten up by the alligators around the table. And what he said afterwards to me is that the two are not um, mutually exclusive. I would agree with that. I do not think they are mutually exclusive. And I think that you can be a really strong leader who has compassion or who has empathy. But this study had empathy as the number one skill needed to be a leader. And I was like, I'm just going to call it. I'm going to call bullshit on that. No, that is not what we, that is not what we need. More than ever, we need strong, capable leaders. They need to have emotional intelligence, but they need to be strong. They need to come in with a firm hand and right the ship in many, many companies. Yes. And think about it this way. I was, and I'll give you an example. I was teaching at Lewis University. And one of my students was actually a managing partner in a consulting firm, a big four consulting firm. And he said to me, Mindy, I just don't get it. This is during the pandemic and everything is online. And all of it, these were road warriors. I mean, these are seasons, top notch consultants who are used to flying all over the world. They're used to being out of the office five days a week. You know, these are not, these are really strong people. And he said, I don't get it. They just don't seem to be performing like they used to. We always met our deadlines. We always got everything on time. And I'm just so frustrated with them. I, I just don't know what to do with myself. What do you think I should do? And what we had a really good conversation about, and in the class too, is what do you think is going on? And he said, well, this one says that now his two-year-old is just jumping all over the place and his wife is fighting for the computer. And then he's, the other one's got a teenage son that's home and the kid from college wasn't able to get home. And it's very stressful and they just can't get their work done. Okay. And I said, what's your experience? Me? I just closed the door and I shut everybody out and I managed to get my work done. <laughs> That's what they should do. And I said, everybody's not quite like you. And a lot of them did have younger kids. His kids were really older. And so I said, well, did you check in with them to find out, have a conversation with them as a group as to find out so what's going on what would really happen these are the early days of the pandemic mm -hmm. when everybody was just crazed and not knowing what was going on so that's what he did and he said he came back and he said dr mindy you can't even imagine the tsunami <laughs> that i unleashed 
And all he did was listen. And then he understood what was going on. And no one expected him to fix it. There was no real fix. They just needed him to understand that you can't take us out of the workplace, tell us to work at home when we used to be going to our clients and we used to all see each other and be over the water cooler and expect nothing to change. We have to figure this out. And so he said to me, Mindy, okay, now I get what you're talking about when you're talking about in coaching, because this was a coaching methodology class that we really need to have empathy. And I guess I, as the leader, need to learn how to have empathy. So it's kind of during the pandemic, what leaders learned, and that's where these studies are coming from. Because five years ago, no one said a leader had to have empathy. You never heard that word. But now during the pandemic, that's what you do here. Because leaders suddenly turned on the light bulb that if I talk to my employees, it calms them down. They see I'm a real person. So um, if my daughter comes by because she wants to have my attention, so she specifically obstructs the view, even though she knows I'm a big shot, but this is her home, then everybody realizes it's real. So empathy, we don't know if it's going to stick around, but I sure hope it does because it doesn't take away from someone being firm and strong. It's about knowing when to use it like a tool in your toolkit. Well, I so would, that's what I mean. I would, I would call that being reasonable and having situational awareness. You don't have to say, all right, everybody, let's sit down. Tell me how you're feeling. <laughs> I don't care what you're feeling. I honestly don't. But I can be aware of the fact that the situation has changed. I can be aware of the fact that the environment has changed the way that we do business, and I can't expect what was happening to fit. I can't expect that square peg to fit in this round hole now. I have to change. I have to be aware of what's going on. But again, like I don't, I don't, I don't believe that empathy is that important. I think that situational awareness, I think that adapt, adaptability is just important. And I think being reasonable. When I was um, managing restaurants, I always had a a rule with my employees. Like if you get arrested and you can't come to work, you still you'll still have a job when when you show up because I believe in you're innocent until proven guilty. And the fact that you got arrested doesn't mean anything. You were probably being an idiot. You probably deserve to get arrested. But again, I'm not going to be mad at you. For, for that thing. I'm going to be mad if you lie about it. I'm going to be mad like of, uh, like for all of these other reasons. But the fact that you were arrested for doing something, anything, doesn't mean that you're not going to have a job. Because in my mind, that's just being reasonable. Now, if you find out that you got convicted of something horrible, then yeah, I might fire you because I don't want you in my business. I might fire you. Did you hear that, Mindy? I might fire you. And I just want to tell you, when he says he doesn't care how you're feeling, he's not lying. I could be sitting in front of him crying, and he'll pretend he doesn't see it. Yeah, just he'll wait, pretend. Just wait for it to end. He'll just wait. He'll just. This is. He'll just. He'll. He'll look another way. He'll look. At, he'll look away. Like, wait, what are those? Why are your eyes watering? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and then it it ends at some point, and yeah, then he won't even. Sometimes I cry just to make him uncomfortable. Are Are we ready to move on? Is my you're like all right? Cool, we got that out of the <laughs> are way. Are you done yet, you weakling? <laughs> yeah. So I I I tend to agree i actually agree with both of you i don't really need to know how you're feeling um 
But and I and I have found that over the past two years, I have begun to care less and less how people are feeling because that seems to be the only thing that matters anymore in this country is how people are feeling, not what's actually getting done or what the truth is. Right. So I like to say facts over feelings. I will have a conversation. I think it is my responsibility if you work for me as a leader, it is my responsibility to make sure that you have everything that you need to be successful and it is my responsibility to provide those things to you. It is your responsibility as an employee to tell me if you don't have what you need or if your needs aren't being met so that we can address it together. But it is not my responsibility to ask anyone how they are feeling. I don't, I, I'm with yeah. Corey on that one. Don't care. Yeah. The thing is, if you tell your employees that you don't care, that will have an impact. Francis, we don't care how you're feeling. We, not one bit. Sorry, Francis. <laughs> um, but uh, along those lines, like we always talk about your culture and being authentic. Yeah. And and for me, like if I came in and said, hey, let's talk about your feelings. Everybody, goes, everybody will know that I'm lying and I'm not Ugh. being me. I, yeah, I and, could talk about feelings and people would believe me. Sure. But again... I don't want, like I want to attract the type of people who don't need a, a constant pat on the back and a drum circle to figure out what we're going to do for the day. It's like, just go do your job. And if there's problems, I'm here to help. I'm here to support. I'm not I'm, I'm not a cold leader in that regard, but I'm also how many times do I say, Julie, as you're mouthing? Oh, whatever what you said. How many times do I say to you like, hey, what do you like? Let's stop. What do you need help on? What can I help take off your plate? I mean, That's, we did. It, we he's did busting it. me because I mouthed he's cold yes. to Mindy. That's true. I did. Yeah. He's cold. Well, yeah, my delivery is still cold. It's like, all right, it's not. All right, Julie, I understand that you're overwhelmed right now. And, how, and it's like, all right, I, you're I, you need help. What can I do? What can I take off your plate? I feel like you just told me that I'm crazy. You no. need help. Yeah. <laughs> Different conversation. But yes. <laughs> but the bottom line is that Julie knows that you care. Oh, well, he doesn't like to admit stuff. he cares, but I know he cares. That's right. Okay. Well, just as okay. long as I've never said it out loud. Does any? <laughs> I, I wish exactly. our listeners could see how uncomfortable he is right now. Well, no, I, I was see just it. <laughs> I was just making sure that I had not actually verbally said Can any of these it? things. No. Why? No. Exactly. But you know he cares. I care, Julie. I care. Difference. If you have a leader who says he cares, but he really doesn't care, people know that too. So just because someone doesn't say he cares, the fact is, what are you doing is what makes the big difference. Yes. You know what I'm going to do, Mindy? I am going to ask Corey to clip the audio part for me where he said, I care, I care twice and send that to me so I can use that. I, you know, I'm editing that out of this podcast because <laughs> I control it all. <laughs> That's very true. So, all right. This has been, this is, this is an interesting conversation. So okay. I, we're running out of time, running short on time, which is unfortunate because this has been an enjoyable conversation. I'm curious, when you are working with, you know, developing leaders, what are some of the first things that you go over with or help them with to improve their leadership skills, you know, in the short term as they're as they're growing? Because I think being a good leader is a that's a long-term play. It's developed. Most people aren't born as good leaders. I know I was. I yep. was, I, you know, I've been a leader since kindergarten and um, in some ways a bad leader. 
I'm pretty sure my mom would have attested to that. But um, as in, I would lead people into trouble, not as in I'm a bad leader. (laughs) But what are some tips that you give um, to students or to um, C-suite people that you're working with to help them develop their skills? Well, the first thing I always ask leaders when I'm coaching with them is, are you ready? Mm. Are you ready to change? Now, you may not know how to change and you can tell me that. And that's fine. But are you ready to do things differently if you see the evidence for it or if you agree to? Because if you're not ready to change, don't waste your money and don't waste your time. That's good. And I look that's good. Straight in the eye. And I've had executives say, you know, I got to think about that one. <laughs> So we right away make a contract that because otherwise it's useless. You can talk to me or I can talk to them to their blue in the face. Yeah. But if they're not going to be willing to do anything different, it really is a waste of time. Number two, are you committed to taking the time to do it? Because a lot of people don't want to confront anything. So they, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then they don't show up. You got to show up. You got to show up and you got to be willing to do things differently. Yeah. And when people and I look him in the eye, because we all do teletherapy now, even if it's not one on one. And they say and they come back to me and I have people have to think about that and I'll come back with that. And they say, yes. Then I ask them a third question. How will you know, you know, how will we know when you're sabotaging yourself? And then they pause and they reflect and then they laugh because we all know how we sabotage ourselves because we do it all the time. And once they can, once they have a conversation and can reflect on how they're going to sabotage themselves. The foundation has been set. It's like we have the beginning of a real relationship and a contract. They're going to be willing to do things differently. They're ready to show up. And when they do sabotage themselves, because we all do it, we do it unconsciously. It's not like we're doing it intentionally. Then we know we can call it. And we can name it and we can claim it. And that really helps. Some of the very quick kind of tips that really help that come out of the book, Conversation, Intelligence, the people to read it. Uh, You can find it on Amazon and Kindle. Yeah, great. And um, that's some great tips there, uh, Mindy. And if you want to buy Mindy's book, you can find that on Amazon again. That oh, The name of the book is Conversation Secrets for Tomorrow's Leaders, 21 Obvious Secrets Leaders Do Not Use Enough. And if you want to connect with her directly, you can send her an email at mgilwertz at collaborativenetworks.net. And all of that information will be in the show notes, including how to spell her last name. Perfect. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Mindy. It was a real pleasure having you on and having this debate again about leadership. I could have this one every week. This is a good one. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you and we're so glad that you're here and everything that you need to know about Mindy and about us is in the show notes.
notes. And if you want to work with us, learn about us, connect with us on social media, check out the free content that we have, or if you're ready to give us some money and work with us, I already said work with us, but that's fine. Anything and everything you need to know is on our website, sbpace.com. Yeah, and we would love it if you downloaded and rated our podcast. You know we're available on pretty much every platform, so wherever you're listening, download it, rate it. If you also subscribed and gave us a review, that just helps promote our content. The more that the more subscribers and reviews we get, the better off we perform. And if you're interested in hearing specific hearing about specific topics, reach out to us on sbpace.com for them. And oh hey, we have a radio show. It is called Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel. It is live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern, but you can catch it on demand anytime you want. And you should also purchase our number one Amazon best-selling book, Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. There is a digital workbook download available on our website. And if you've already purchased it, go back out to Amazon, rate and review it, and tell us what you think. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.